The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network over at noodle.mx and is sponsored by me and my company, D. Joseph Design, over at djosephdesign.com. That's where you can check out my portfolio to see what kind of stuff I could do for you, like design a website for you or design cover art for your podcast so that you will stand out in iTunes. Check out my portfolio over at djosephdesign.com. You have a message that deserves to look great, so make your next message look or sound great by hiring me to design it for you. The Audacity to Podcast is also sponsored in part by GoToMeeting. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 22, podcasters, podcasting equipment, and podcasting software that I'm thankful for. Welcome back to another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel J. Lewis, also known as The Ramen Noodle. This is the podcast that you've come to where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I am so glad that you could join us today. Hey, this week in the United States of America, it is Thanksgiving. I'm recording this on Monday nights. I usually record these or always record these on Monday nights live at 8.30 Eastern time. You can check us out over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash live to join us live on Monday nights. And this is Thanksgiving week, this come upcoming Thursday, and I'm looking forward to traveling with my wife and visiting family for Thanksgiving, and it will be a wonderful time. We'll also be going somewhere a bit warmer than it is here in the greater Cincinnati area, although it's been beautiful the last couple of days. You know what is frustrating, though, about the holidays, but can be solved by our sponsor, is when you have meetings. Do you ever have to have a meeting when you're traveling? Has that happened to you? It's happened to me where I'm on vacation, I'm traveling somewhere and someone for some reason needs a meeting for something, especially now that we're in the fourth quarter and closing out the year. People are very eager to have meetings and have to have all of these meetings about things, closing the year and fourth quarter financials and all of this stuff. But it's the holidays and you're probably going to be traveling or probably spending time with family and friends. So instead of having to go to the office for a meeting, you need a tool that will help you conduct business when you're not face-to-face with clients or colleagues. I highly recommend that you do an online meeting with GoToMeeting. With GoToMeeting, you can collaborate and documents in real time, give engineering sales presentations or what kind of, not engineering, well, you could do engineering presentations, whatever you want. Whatever you show on your computer is what your clients and colleagues can see on their computer instantly. You can set up your meetings in advance or launch a meeting on the fly. And just have those meetings right away. That way you can be more productive, more efficient, and not have to dip into your vacation time and interrupt your day to go back into the office for a meeting. Use GoToMeeting. I've used it before. It is really nice, and I hope to use it again in the future. It just works really well. It's very polished product. Trust me, it is. 
My listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. That's more than the rest of this year. So all of those fourth quarter meetings, you could do those for absolutely free. But to do that, you have to visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, click Try It Free, and use the promo code PODCAST for this free 45-day trial. The normal trial is only 30 days. So use promo code PODCAST and you get 45 days for free. Well, I've been podcasting for four years, five years. The first couple years of podcasting for me were a little bit iffy. 2006 is when I started podcasting. And those first couple years were a little bit odd because I wanted to do podcasting, didn't quite have really good equipment for it, and stuff wasn't working totally the way I wanted it to, and I couldn't release episodes as frequently as I wanted it to. So those first couple years of podcasting were a little bit odd. But yes, I've been podcasting since 2006. Certainly listening to podcasts and using much of the same software that I use now, I've been using since then. And in the process of all of this. I've run across many resources that I absolutely love, certain resources that I now depend on for podcasting. But before I started podcasting, it took some inspiration to get me podcasting. And during this time, when it's Thanksgiving here in the United States, and still, take a moment, even if you're not in the United States, this is still a wonderful time to consider what are you thankful for. Well, I want to share with you some of the things I'm thankful for and people that I'm thankful for. Now, I'll be mentioning a lot of websites and a lot of resources and a lot of products and sites and people and all of that, a lot of different links. All of these links will be in the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 22. That's theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 22. So first of all, what started me in podcasting? Now this first number, I'm going to count down. So going from top to bottom, the rest I'll probably go from bottom to top. First of all was Leo Laporte. One of the first podcasts I ever subscribed to was This Week in Tech. And I remember listening to Leo and his team in This Week in Tech. And back then, I didn't have an iPod. I didn't have anything more than a flip phone. I had an MP3 player. It was a Neuros uh, digital audio computer is what they called it. It wasn't really all that good, but I loved it back then. It had some neat things, but it was a bit tricky to put podcasts on that. So I didn't always get to put podcasts on it as easily. But I remember hearing about this thing called podcasts and iTunes, and I started downloading some podcasts through iTunes, and sometimes I would actually take my laptop computer with me in the car, and I would plug that into the little adapters you can get for the car that will convert it to a radio signal or convert it to a cassette player or just let it play through the speakers. And my laptop in the car, playing iTunes, playing podcasts that way. And I would listen to these podcasts and realize, man, these guys are just using Skype. They're they're recording this in their homes. 
I could do this someday. Also, in that podcast, in one of Leo's podcasts, it was uh, Net at Night, or at that time it might have been called something else. I can't remember based on the different episode, or it was probably Inside the Net back then. But within there was a podcast mentioned that was also an inspiration to me. Now, the podcast is now gone, and I never really recommended it. But the name of the podcast was You Suck at Web Design. And that used to be at YouSuckAtWebDesign.com. The voice behind this, Matthew Jordan's voice, is just really cool. And his podcast is a fiction podcast, a comedy podcast, or it was back then it was a comedy podcast that was about web design and web designers and working in web design agency and such and freelancing and all of this. And it was something I could very much relate to because I'm a web designer. And what inspired me about his podcast was that here was one guy recording his voice. It was really funny. He told these funny stories, exaggerated them, of course, and that just really appealed to me. And I thought, I've got some funny stories, some funny things I I want to tell people and I'd like to share with them. Maybe I should start a podcast. That inspired me to start thinking about things. But then I started putting things off and putting things off and not so sure, should I do this? Should I really do this? I came up with the name of The Ramen Noodle back in 2006. But it was two people, two other podcasters that really inspired me to just launch it. One is Callie Lewis in her podcast back then called Geek Brief TV. She was talking about podcasting, and one of the advices she gave was to just do it. Just jump in. Don't worry about being perfect from the beginning, but just start podcasting. That was some motivation I needed. Now, that was just in one of her episodes. She didn't personally say that to me. But then I did get to meet a fellow by the name of Cliff Ravenscraft, and many of you know him as the Podcast Answer Man at podcastanswerman.com. I got to know him through Twitter and discovered he was a podcaster, started listening to a couple of his podcasts, and then had lunch with him at one point and was just so inspired by my conversation with him and what he was saying that I decided, that's it, I'm going to jump into podcasting and do this. And I did it for kind of three-ish years of podcasting. It was a bit odd. Maybe it wasn't three years. Actually, I think it was two years. I started in 2007. Sorry about that. Started in 2007. So I've been podcasting for three years, not four years. So in 2007, I launched the podcast, The Ramen Noodle, and it just wasn't doing very well. I made things way more complicated than they needed to be. And I wanted to do a weekly podcast. It just wasn't happening. I tried bi-weekly. It just wasn't happening. My process was so complicated. So Cliff was also an inspiration to me in that I was seeing him podcast every week consistently. He would do it scheduled and he would do it live. I thought, boy, that He's, he's doing well at this. And many other podcasts, of course, were live, but I got to watch Cliff do his and hear about him. And I knew him, so I was able to ask him, what, what are you using here? What did you use to do that? And figure out some things on my own, too, since I didn't have 
as much money to buy equipment and such. But those, I had other inspirations for changing the way that the ramen noodle worked because at that time I used to script the ramen noodle and just read a script back. And that took a while to do, a while to produce. I was inspired by two other clean comedy podcasts that I listened to, started listening to around 2009, summer of 2009. I ran across these other two comedy podcasts, clean comedy podcasts. That is James Kinnison's Nobody's Listening podcast and Eric Fisher's WBR show. Now, both of these podcasts, unfortunately, have since retired. They didn't pod fade. They just intentionally ended. Like nobody's listening has ended, unfortunately, and WBR show has ended. Now it's now rebranded as something else. But Eric Fisher is still podcasting and James Kinnison is still podcasting. You can check out their stuff. Links will be in the show notes to all of these people. Well, both what James was doing and what Eric was doing and their co-hosts within their podcast really inspired me because what I saw were segments and how they didn't make the entire episode about just one thing and try and make that one thing really long and funny, but they would have all of these segments, different little segments like in Nobody's Listening podcast, he would have the the high school or middle school drama or middle middle yeah, something like that podcast the section. They would have the feedback section. They would have the news section. They would have the weekly updates. They would have all of this. And in Eric Fisher's podcast, WBR show, which stood for something else every time back then, he would have segments too. Like he would have this pop culture section where they'd make fun of something in pop culture. They'd have verses where it was like Hannah Montana versus the state of Montana. And they would have these funny sayings that they would take or word of on this word of turn of phrase where they would take a turn of phrase and well, they would take a phrase and they'd turn it around and do this other stuff with it. And some of their ideas kind of already lined up with things that I did in my normal life. Like what I call the weekly noodleism in the ramen noodle, which is where I take a common saying and I twist it around or I noodle it, as we say in the podcast. I was doing that for a while and I used to joke about them being my noodleisms. But then when I heard someone like Eric Fisher doing that as actually part of his podcast, I thought, ooh. That's cool. I've used some of my noodleisms in my podcast. Maybe I should just make a section every week. And I came up with other segments like Bachelor Boot Camp, the feedback. I had random noodle updates as a completely separate thing, a separate podcast, which was more like an audio journal that I tried to be funny in it. And then there was The Ramen Noodle, which was the official episodes. Listening to Nobody's Listening podcasts where they have this update section in it called the weekly update, it inspired me to just blend those two episodes together. Kind of what I was already thinking, but to see it working was so awesome. And I realized, hey, it works for them. I guess it would work for me after all. So James and Eric were huge inspirations to me to do so much better at my podcast than I was doing. So back in October, I decided I am going to commit to podcast every week, knowing sometimes I might have bad content or weak content. And certainly, yes, there have been some episodes that have been weak. But I made that commitment and decided to do it live. 
decided to do it weekly and schedule it out. So there'd be the accountability, all of this stuff. And I'll talk about more of that later on in different episodes. But they inspired me to do better. And I I believe I am doing much better today. And it's because of how they have inspired me. So you can check out those different websites and people that I mentioned in the show notes, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 22. I use a lot of equipment in the process of podcasting as well. And a lot of people will probably tell you, oh, I'm thankful for my microphone or I'm thankful for my mixer or whatever. And I have certain things I'm thankful for too in the process of podcasting. These are certain pieces of equipment that really make podcasting and working with podcasts, editing and such so much easier for me. But this isn't going to be the typical list you would think of. I tried to pick things that were different. Now, if you go on the website, I will give you a little disclaimer here. If you go to the website, and please do this, go to the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com. And when you see these listings of things, you'll see links to these products, either on amazon.com or Musician's Friend. Yes, those are affiliate links, and some of the software are affiliate links. And yes, I do actually get a little bit of an affiliate payment if you click those links and purchase those products or software. But I did not choose these products because of their affiliate links. Please understand, this is a completely honest list for me. In fact, some of the items I put in this list are not expensive items that would have a higher affiliate payout, but I wanted an honest list. So this is an honest list that just so happens to maybe have some affiliate links here and there. So with that disclaimer out of the way, here we go. Podcasting equipment I'm thankful for. Going from the bottom up, I am thankful for my mouse. Do you ever think about how much you use your mouse? Do you have a comfortable mouse? Do you have a mouse that you like? The mouse I use here in the studio, is the Logitech Performance MX. This is one of their dark field mice. And this thing is really nice because it has the the switchable scroll wheel where I talked about that in last week's Audacity tip, where I can, with the scroll wheel, I can just make it free spin or I can make it click spin. The scroll wheel clicks left and right, which are fantastic for switching tabs in any program that has tabs. And it has all of these buttons to it that I can assign things to those different buttons within my operating system, either Windows or Mac. And it works fantastic for me. I really like this mouse. What's also really cool, it's a completely wireless mouse. It's the dark field laser technology. The USB dongle to these this mouse. Have you seen USB dongles? Either it's this thing attached to a lawn cord or it's this thing that sticks out. It's the size of your finger. The USB dongle for this wireless mouse, the Performance Mouse MX, or any other of their Logitech unifying receiver mice or devices, the dongle is this tiny little thing that is the size of a USB port and it sticks out uh, a quarter of an inch or less. It is nice and small. I leave it plugged into my laptop all the time. I never have to take it out. Even when I take my laptop somewhere with me or I put it in the bag, you can't do that with other dongles. You might break the dongle or it won't fit in the bag. This, I just leave it on and it's fine. I love it. It's fantastic. And the mouse works great too. 
That's number five, Logitech Performance Mouse MX. Number four is my Dell 24-inch monitor. Now, I got this LCD monitor back in the days when LCD monitors of this size were really expensive. I paid $600 for this thing. It's Dell's professional line of 24-inch monitors. Unfortunately, it was out just before the high-definition copyright protection or HDCP technology came out, so I can't play Blu-ray movies on it. But I really love this monitor because it's 24 inches. I now have it set above my laptop. So my laptop is on this slide-out keyboard tray. It's a big keyboard tray for my desk. And the 24-inch monitor is above it. So I have two monitors kind of stacked vertically. I really like that because it's nice and big. It's up there. I'm not always having to look left and right at different monitors. I look up and down at different screens. And it has card readers on it for like SD card, compact flash, XD, all of this stuff. It has USB ports on it. it. has multiple inputs so I can connect multiple computers to it. I could even use it as a TV if I wanted to because it has RCA inputs and component inputs. No HDMI though because that hadn't standardized yet when I bought this. But I really like this Dell monitor. There's a link in the show notes to the newer uh, version of this monitor. But I really do like having this 24-inch monitor. That's number four. Number three is my Zoom H4n audio recorder. It's a portable digital audio recorder. I use this not so much for the portable aspect, but I use this to record my podcasts because I was recording into my computer for a while, and that can work fantastic for some people. But I had a problem one time, and that is I upgraded an old computer to a new operating system and had some software, some intense software running. I forgot that it was running, and I shouldn't have had it running at the same time as I was recording a podcast. So what happened is the first half of this podcast episode I was recording was completely messed up. It had clicking all throughout it because the CPU, the processor, was being used too much by this other program. So it messed up my recording and I decided I have got to buy additional an additional recorder. Well, I love this thing because not only is it handy for it's so much more secure and it doesn't crash like a computer could. Now, I'm not saying you absolutely should not ever record into a computer. This is just something I chose to do for a couple reasons. One, because I didn't want to have to worry about processing speed. Now, it's not going to be a problem. I've since upgraded my computer, but so I'm confident I could still record into a computer and not have problems, especially recording through a USB adapter instead of just straight line-in. USB adapter eliminates a lot of the electronic noise. But anyway, I wanted to record this so it would be recorded off into this thing and recorded into a file that I could immediately use and edit, like a WAV file or an MP3 file. But there's another reason why I specifically chose the Zoom H4n, and I love it for this reason. It records in four channels. The reason I love that, and my mixer, both mixers I've had have been able to output in four channels, is I record all of my voice in one channel, all of my music and sound effects in another channel. That way I don't have to worry about fixing misaligned audio or if I start my podcast wrong or end it wrong or something overlaps incorrectly or there's a sound effect that plays. I can easily edit it out if I have to. But because I'm recording straight to a drive like this, 
I don't have to edit as much. And it's really nice. That's number three, the Zoom H4n. Number two, now you're probably starting to think, when's he going to mention his microphone and mixer? Guess what? I'm not going to. Instead, I'm wanting to tell you about, oh, I hate that phrase. I'm wanting to do, I'm no. Instead, my second favorite thing that I have here in the studio is a shock mount for my microphone. The reason I love this, have you ever worked with a microphone that did not have a shock mount? Probably many of you are working with microphones without shock mounts. Try recording, or maybe you've done this before, record and adjust the microphone. What happens? Oh, it's thunder. It's a thunderstorm. You hear all of this noise, the scraping, this boom, and all of this stuff across your recordings. And it's terrible. It's worse than popping your peas into the microphone. It's terrible and it hurts and it's this low rumble and sometimes you don't even know you're doing it or something could be touching the microphone stand and it's terrible. Or your computer could be vibrating your desk and it's stretching through the microphone stand. All of these things that it's terrible. A shock mount is fantastic. And in my case, I've got the shock mount on a Heil PR40. Yes, I have a Heil PR40, but that's not on my list. The shock mount is on my list. Whatever kind of microphone I could have gotten, I would have wanted a shock mount with it as well. Because here's something totally awesome I could do. Now, those who aren't watching this live won't know what I'm doing. So I'll tell you what I'm about to do is I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to grab the microphone and move it around. I'm going to move it out of the way, move it up and down, left and right, and all of that. And you're probably not going to hear a thing. It's almost completely silent. Now, I wasn't holding it tight enough, so my fingers slid across it a couple times, and so it made a little bit noise. But that's a lot better than this. Now, I warn you, I'm about to make... I'm going to touch my microphone and make noise. That's what it could be like if you don't have a shock mount filter or a shock mount, or it could be even worse. So my second piece of equipment that I'm thankful for is a shock mount. You can get shock mounts for any kind of microphone. Number one piece of equipment that I'm thankful for is... My Heil, not the PR40, my Heil Sound PL-2T. It's a overhead broadcast boom. This is a mic stand, except it's not a stand. This thing is attached to my desk, and it has this robot-like arm. You've probably seen many of those lamps that are near couches or in furniture stores where you can bend it and it's got these springs and levers. It looks kind of like a tractor where the tractor can bend and such. This is what this overhead boom is like. It's hanging my microphone from overhead and it's a microphone stand. It's holding my microphone. It's not really a stand, but it's attached to my desk and it's holding my microphone. This thing is great. I love this. Even if I had a different microphone, I'd rather have this stand, this overhead boom, than have a Heil PR40. 
How's that for a shock? The reason is this stand is so handy. I can just move it out of the way. I can adjust it however I want. And because I've got the shock mount on my microphone, it's not making all those boom, boom, boom sounds. And it is so handy to put it just exactly where I want. Now I have to position stuff in my room like furniture so I don't roll over things or stuff gets in the way or stuff starts sagging. It's weight balanced. It holds the microphone steady. And what's really nice about the Heil one, which does work, by the way, with any microphone, uh, it's just manufactured by Heil. It's made specifically for the Heil PR40, like balanced for it, but it comes with a weight. So you can balance any kind of microphone in it. But what I really like about this one is a nice little extra feature, and that is that it has this little plastic piece along the top of the the boom and you pull that piece off and you can feed the cable into that piece all the way from the top along the sides and down to the base so that you don't have this cable hanging out and getting in the way nice handy little feature but this other boom overhead boom that i got a luxo arm i think is what it's called does not have that feature so the cable just hangs there and it looks kind of tacky whereas mine it wraps through the stand and just kind of disappears it's awesome that is my number one piece of equipment that i love so that's logitech performance mouse mx dell 24 inch monitor zoom h4n a shock mount for my microphone and the heil sound pl2t overhead broadcast boom (gasps) now links to all of these will be in the show notes over at the audacity to podcast.com slash 22. This episode's going to go a little bit over the regular limit, by the way, but I hope that's okay because maybe you're driving and you need something to listen to while you drive. And I want to share things I'm thankful for and give credit to these things. Next, podcasting software I'm thankful for. No, no, no. Before I do the software, how about I do websites, or web technologies that help me podcast. Number five, Google Reader. I love Google Reader. It's my homepage in all of my browsers. Google Reader is an RSS reader. It allows me to subscribe to websites via RSS technology, which if you're a podcaster, you probably know what RSS is. But I subscribe to all of these websites through RSS And I love the way Google Reader works, that I can scroll past something and it marks it as read, or I can mark something as unread if I want. I can star items, share items, and all of this. I am subscribed to way too many feeds in Google Reader, but it is an awesome way that I can quickly see news items. I know there are many other feed readers out there, but I just really like Google Reader. It's my fifth favorite website or web technology that helps me podcast because I see news items. I search for blog posts that way. It's wonderful. Fourth item for websites or web technologies is, well, it's kind of twofold. They do similar things. So I lump these together. Dropbox and Mosey online backup. Dropbox is for synchronizing things, but it could also be for backing up things or sharing files with people. I love it because I can share files and projects with people and not have to upload it to something and they have to download it. They have to re-upload and re-download. But I just drop it in a folder on my computer, which is automatically synchronized with the web 
By the way, that's automatic backup there. Two gigabytes for free, by the way. And then someone else, I can share a folder with someone else and they can download it. And then whatever they put in that folder uploads and downloads to my computer. It's fantastic. I love it. It's completely free too for two gigabytes. If you join through the link on my website, then both of us will get an additional 250 megabytes of storage. I don't get paid, but it's it's a nice little thing. And I love working with others through Dropbox sharing files and folders. Dropbox also is a nice way of keeping revisions of files. And I've used it personally for that many times where I've overwritten a file or deleted something, changed something, and then realized, oh no, I, I need an old version of that. So I can download an old version, a revision of it, and it's great. And then Mosey Online Backup. I personally use Mosey. I will be honest and say it is extremely slow on the Windows side. I think they've sped it up a little bit, which was nice, but Mosey is much better on the Mac side, actually, and they just came out with 2.0 of their software, and I do personally use Mosey, and I currently have uh, 215 gigabytes backed up with Mosey. As soon as I stop podcasting, it's going to upload another 7 gigabytes of backups because of all of my files. Mosey doesn't have a bandwidth cap like Carbonite does. And Mosey can be quite inexpensive too, like about $5 a month. Now I have an affiliate with them and I can give you a coupon for them. And that is if you go to the website, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 22, you'll see where I link to Mosey and I share a promo code with you there. If you click that link, then I'll get a little bit of affiliate income from it. But also use the promo code that's on the website. You'll get 10% off and up to three months free by using that promo code. And the promo code will change next month to something else. But I think once you see the format of the promo code, you'll be able to guess. But I'll also update the show notes so you can figure out what the promo code will be in December 2010. Or if you're interested, many months listening to this podcast later, you can just email me and I'll share a promo code with you. So number four, Dropbox and Mosey. Online backup and synchronization and stuff. Mosey is fantastic. Uh, I've had many hard drives crash in my lifetime. And it's always nice to know that instead of having to burn stuff to disks, which I used to do that, I'd burn a couple copies of anything. I'd take one to work and one would stay here at home. So I'd have all these discs and archives and discs don't last forever. So I I really do like Mosey. Yes, there are other services out there. Don't go Carbonite. If you have more than 100 gigabytes, they cap your bandwidth. Uh, So don't go Carbonite. There is Backblaze. That works good too. But I chose Mosey. And if you'd like to use Mosey as well, then check out the show notes for the link and promo code. Number three website and technology I use is Twitter. Twitter is fantastic for, remember in the beginning when I talked about Cliff Ravenscraft? Well, I would have never met him if it wasn't for Twitter. And specifically, I use TweetDeck 
to access Twitter. And one of the things I love about TweetDeck is all of these columns I can make and the custom notifications in each column. Yes, you can make columns in Hootsuite, but Hootsuite's notification system is terrible. TweetDeck's is highly customizable. So I customize these columns and I have a column that searches the web for Audacity and I look for people I can help with Audacity. And if you're listening to this podcast, then maybe you're one of those people that I've helped with Audacity. And thank you very much for coming back and listening. And I hope that I'm still helping you with Audacity. So I I really like Twitter from a personal standpoint, networking standpoint, and it's extremely helpful in podcasting world because I can tell lots of people, hey, just release this podcast or please help me out by voting for me in the podcast awards, which by the way, thanks for nominating me in the podcast awards. They will be up for voting soon. I don't know if I'm in the list yet, but we'll find out. I think I will be. I hope I am. So number three, Twitter. Number two is an add-on to WordPress called PodPress. And PodPress, not PodPress, (laughs) I started with PodPress and really liked it, but uh, PodPress has since ceased development. And instead, Blueberry, the Blueberry Network, has created their own podcasting plugin for WordPress, and I really like it. And that is PowerPress. And PowerPress plus the Blueberry statistics for podcasting. I really like PowerPress. It makes it really easy to add MP3s to my blog posts and turn my blog into a podcast. So I don't think I could be podcasting as easily if it weren't for PowerPress. It's got some nice features and the Blueberry stats, which are free, PowerPress and Blueberry are both free. Blueberry has some fantastic features uh, in their stats and PowerPress is perfect. You don't have to use Blueberry stats to use PowerPress and you don't have to use PowerPress in order to use free Blueberry stats, but they make a beautiful combination. That's number two, PowerPress and Blueberry stats. Number one thing, website or web technology that helps me podcast is, you can probably guess this one, WordPress. WordPress is fantastic for creating the website, posting things to it in blog style. And yes, there's Drupal and Joomla, and I have experience with those, and I've designed websites for those. But WordPress is by far the easiest I've seen and has so many great podcasting plugins. And I just, I love WordPress. It is fantastic. If you want me to design a theme for you in WordPress, or if you want me to... Uh, show you how to use WordPress or whatever, customize WordPress for you, let me know. Especially if you want the subscribe and follow widget that I've got on noodle.mx. I can set that up for you in WordPress. But I love WordPress because also it's free. If you use wordpress.org, you can install it on your own web host. Speaking of web hosts, let me give a little bonus here. I know this, this is down on number six. So number one is WordPress, but let me jump down again. Number six for websites or web technologies that help me podcast is my web host. No, I do not use Bluehost. There are certain reasons I don't use Bluehost. One of those is that Bluehost pays more in affiliates than customers are paying for their services. That means Bluehost is losing money 
the more affiliates they sign up. It seems like they're more interested in gaining new clients than keeping the ones they have, at least financially. That's the way it seems. Now, I know many people who love Bluehost, but there are just certain reasons that I don't like Bluehost. In fact, a friend of mine, Cliff Ravenscraft, had a conversation with Bluehost that just kind of further proves why I don't like uh, Bluehost, and that is they, they don't like you to post your media files on their server. Instead, I use site5.com for hosting, and I do have an affiliate with them as well. You can check that over at the theaudacitypodcast.com slash 22. Site 5 is fantastic. Their hosting is extremely stable. I've had some other very terrible web hosts, but Site 5 has been fantastic for hosting. And I'll let you in on a little secret here, okay? Don't tell any of the other podcasters this. This will be our little secret. I host my media files on Site 5. They let me do that, at least so far. We'll see how long that lasts. But really, three podcasts and many, many listeners and downloads and a popular show. And it works fine hosting it on Site 5. They are fantastic. Telephone support, live chat support, Americans. I like Site 5. I am really happy with them. And I have an affiliate banner on the website. And also the link is in the show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash 22. This is turning into a long episode. Let's move on. Now I'll share with you the podcasting software I'm thankful for. Coming in at number five are two programs, Code Weaver's Crossover Mac or Parallels Desktop 6. Both of these do kind of the same thing, but I've used Crossover much longer than I've used Parallel Des- Parallels Desktop. Now, let me explain the differences. Crossover lets you run Windows programs in OS X without installing Windows. And Crossover is only about $55 on Amazon.com link in the show notes, of course, whereas Parallels Desktop installs Windows on your computer, and so you have to have a Windows license, so the $63 that it is on Amazon.com right now, plus the expense of Windows, so that's going to be $100, $200 for a license for Windows, that gets pretty expensive just to run Windows programs on your Mac. If all you need to do are run a few basic Windows programs on your Mac, Check out Crossover instead. Here's what I've done with Crossover because, well, here's something else I don't like about Parallels is because Parallels runs Windows, it has to boot Windows. So it takes some time to load up Windows. Now I can put Windows in sleep mode, but Crossover doesn't have to boot Windows. Crossover is pretty quick and it runs applications in OS X, Windows applications in OS X. So what I've done with Crossover is I've used Windows-only programs in Crossover, like MP3 Tag and Pod Producer. I've both used in Crossover. I'll talk a lot more about those programs in separate episodes. 
Parallels Desktop is fantastic, though, because as a web designer, as I'm designing websites for podcasts, I load Internet Explorer, multiple versions of Internet Explorer in Parallels Desktop because those don't run under crossover so well. So I use Parallels for that. So I can test my web designs in multiple browsers, i.e. 6, well, not anymore, i.e. 7, i.e. 8, and even i.e. 9. So I can see how does it look on the Windows side of things versus the Mac side of things. And it's really good. Number four is Cam Twist for OS X or Minicam, that's M-A-N-Y, Cam for Windows. Both of these are free, and in fact, Minicam is for Windows and OS X, but Cam Twist is only for uh, OS X. What's fantastic about these programs is they give me a lot more control over my webcam. Since I record these podcasts live on the internet, and I'm broadcasting live while recording and have the chat room and everything, these programs let me do a lot more fancy stuff with my webcam. Like in Cam Twist on the Windows, on the Mac side of things, I've set it up so that when I have my co-host Jeremy doing the ramen noodle with me, I have, when you look at us doing the video, you see a blue background and then there's a small picture of me on the left, small picture of Jeremy on the right, and the ramen noodle logo is centered underneath us on the bottom. It looks really cool, kind of news style. It's really nice, handy, and I can put text in there and other things. Really neat. I'm pretty sure you can do most of the same stuff with Minicam for Windows, and that is free. There are other programs for Windows too, but Minicam is free. So that's why I recommend that. That's number four, Cam Twist and Minicam. Number three is Pod Producer, if you're on Windows, or now this one I'm a little tentative about sound booth 2.0 for OS 10. The reason I'm a little tentative about it, go back and listen to episode 20 at the audacity to podcast.com slash 20. And there I talked about sound booth and expressed that sound booth is great. It's amazing. It does fantastic things, but it's $50, $49, which I think is just way too much for the program for what pod producer and sound booth do are they allow me to play my sound effects within a podcast so just like when i'm doing the ramen noodle i can have that's redundant or sometimes we might joke and like there's a sudden moment where we want to change subjects or just have a funny thing and it's (laughs) or we get some clapping and cheers And fade-ins and fade-outs and all of that. I really like Soundbooth, but it's so expensive. So I'm not sure if I'm going to actually register for it and buy it after the trial expires. I might switch back to Pod Producer. Now I'm in OS X. How do I use Pod Producer? I use Crossover to run Pod Producer, a Windows-only program, in OS X. Both of these programs do kind of the same thing, although Soundbooth has a lot more features. And there are certainly many other programs that can do this stuff too. But Pod Producer for Windows is free. So check that out, podproducer.net, or the link is in the show notes. Links to all of these are in the show notes, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 22. That's number three, Pod Producer and Soundbooth 2.0. Number two 
is audacity. Of course, audacity would be in this list. Did you think I wouldn't put audacity in this list? No, you probably expected it to be number one. But no, number two is audacity because audacity is free for Windows and OS X. Even Linux people can get audacity for free. Audacity is the program that I've used for many years to edit sounds and audio and music recordings. It's fantastic, especially the latest beta versions, really stable and it's free and it has lots of features and it's free as plugins and it's free. It's for Windows and OS 10 and it's free. Are you getting an idea here? <laughs> Audacity is fantastic. Um, you know, my opinion is that I would rather put money in hardware in microphones, recording equipment and mixers and such before I put money in software like audacity well like audacity is free but i'm not going to buy audition adobe audition for a while because audacity does everything i need it to i have free stuff and free tools in audacity that do things for me and you know one of those free tools that i love and use many times is chris's dynamic compressor i've had an episode or mentioned talked about his episode many times in previous episodes <laughs> i've talked about his product many times in previous episodes and it's a fantastic way that i can fix my audio levels in audacity and not have to use a separate program or have some more control over the things that i'm doing so number two is audacity with chris's dynamic compressor number one podcasting software i'm thankful for this is going to be one you wouldn't expect. Ready for this? Drum roll. <laughs> I can't do the drum roll things. Text Expander. My number one podcasting software I'm thankful for is Text Expander. Text Expander is for OS X. It is $35. Now, interestingly, you can use it for free. It keeps reminding you to register for it. But I decided to purchase it because I love Text Expander. I use it every single day. I really do. In fact, I'm looking over at my statistics and it tells me that I have expanded 750 different snippets, little things that I'll type and it expands it out. I have saved myself from typing 55,614 characters i have saved uh let's see what's my typing speed i think my we'll say my typing just for fun we'll say my typing speed is 60 words per minute i have saved three hours and nine minutes of typing just by using text expander what text expander does and oh by the way a windows thing that does the same thing Phrase Express is free for personal use. Phrase Express for Windows or Text Expander for Mac. And by the way, they can also share files and synchronize with each other. They both have their advantages and disadvantages over the other, but they are fantastic programs. Here's what I do. When I have a long URL, 
or a web address or a phrase, whenever I link to things, I try and use advanced Google Analytics code. So I get these really long URLs where there are just a lot of things I don't want to type every single time. Like maybe just my email address, feedback at noodle.mx. Let's take that for example. I could type out feedback at noodle.mx or using Text Expander in OS X, or if I was on Windows still, I would be using Phrase Express. All I have to do is I type NDL at sign, and it instantly replaces that. It's called an abbreviation or snippet. It replaces that with the full email address. This can take place in even larger senses, like I have my iTunes feed. So all I have to do is type TAP, which is my abbreviation for the Audacity to Podcast. I type TAP dot iTunes. And then it pops in the full web address to the Audacity to Podcast in the iTunes store. I even have in here where I can type in, fill out a complete bio just by typing uh, seven letters. I think, will populate a complete bio for myself. And so many other things that I can do, even CSS code, I am abbreviating and savings time in text expander, like CSS3 code, where you have to do the standard CSS3, the Mozilla CSS3, the Opera CSS3, and the WebKit CSS3. If you don't know what any of that means, that's okay. That's why you hired me to design it for you. But all of this stuff, complicated code, I can just type a couple things and then it fills out all of those different properties for me. Text Expander is my favorite software I have for podcasting. Now, why do I say I use it for podcasting? Well, because I link to my stuff in Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, in my show notes, and I have all of these different ways that I link things, or I have all of these phrases that I use over and over again, or all of these resources I share, or all of this stuff. Anything you find yourself typing more than a couple times regularly can be put or should be put in a program like Text Expander, and you can save yourself a whole lot of time with it. You can even do advanced things like make it catch the current date or use whatever is in your clipboard or after it makes this whole long string of stuff like paragraphs of text, it can then jump, jump your cursor to a certain point in that text. So you could then fill something in. An example of that is, well, okay. Prepare for this. This is so boring sounding, it might just kill you. But I am going to type an abbreviation here, tap.url. It makes a little boop sound. And here's what it instantly replaced that, tap.url. It replaced it with http colon slash slash www.noodle.mx slash the dash audacity dash two dash podcast slash Question mark, UTM underscore source equals TRN underscore Twitter and sign ampersand. UTM underscore medium equals tweet ampersand. UTM underscore campaign equals. (laughs) All of that stuff. It doesn't matter to you right now what all of that means. 
it jumps my cursor to in the middle where that last slash was so I can easily link to any specific episode within the Audacity to Podcast. And then it has all of my tracker code assigned to it already. Text Expander or Phrase Express is fantastic. I love it. And once I bought it too, it was funny that it's like a switch went off in my mind that once I actually paid for the software, I felt like I should get more out of it. So I started using it a whole lot more and typing a whole lot more things within it and stuff that saves me a whole lot of time in podcasting. Oh boy, that's a lot of stuff that I've shared with you. All of the links to all of these things are at the audacity to podcast dot com slash 22. Now I had emailed the newsletter subscribers and I had also tweeted out and asked many people, what are some of the things that you are thankful for? David emailed to say that he's a, he said, I'm a big sci-fi fan, so I like Starship Sofa and Escape Pod. They have great stories and very good editorials. Starship Sofa has even won a Hugo this year. Mainly, I like to listen on my way to work during the commute, which is about 40 minutes. What's cool is that's about the length of a lot of podcasts. I like your Audacity podcast because it focuses on mainly a single subject rather than trying to cover many products. I like more in-depth types of subjects. Yeah, that's that's kind of my goal is to be more in-depth and it's easy for me to do because I tend to get in-depth with things. Dave Thackeray on Twitter told me that his favorite podcasting tool is the Zoom H4N. He says, love it. I could probably go on the road with this dude and need nothing else apart from a voice and PC. And then Vicky Cyphers. Uh, as edit video on edit vdo on twitter said that her favorite thing is the kodak zi8 mini hd camcorder she says amazing quality in the palm of my hand and she also likes skype because she says for video chatting with my 70 year old parents in florida and that's all i'm going to share for now of things because this episode is already an hour long i can't believe that but I, you can tell, I'm excited about these things. I wanted to share these things with you that I love for podcasting and these things that you might not have heard about before. Many of them, I could almost guarantee probably a third of these you've never used before or never even heard of before. Check them out in the show notes. The link will be theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 22. And I've thought about splitting this episode because it went so long, but no, I'm going to keep it this long. And my apologies <laughs> if it's too long for you, but you know I don't like to be this long. So it's rare. Thank you as listeners for so much for listening, for subscribing to this podcast. If you're not subscribed, I know I've got a lot of listeners who aren't actually subscribed to automatically receive these episodes. Please subscribe. You can do that at theaudacitypodcast.com, through iTunes, through the Zoom Marketplace, through Miro, through we're now in Stitcher even. And the Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. 
Thank you for nominating the Audacity to Podcast and the other Noodle Mix Network podcasts for the podcast awards. The nominations are now closed, but the voting hasn't started yet, so I'm not even sure what podcasts have made it in there for voting. If you're listening to this after December 1, please go and vote for us every day. Check out uh, if we have our podcast listed in there. I'm really hoping we do. Look for The Ramen Noodle under Comedy. Look for Are You Just Watching under Movies and Films. And look for The Audacity to Podcast under Technology. And vote for us every day. Vote early, vote often. Set up a daily reminder for yourself, or I can email you every day if you want. And speaking of email, I am still giving out the Tron posters. The way to get that is sign up for the email newsletter. And I promise not to spam you or to give your address away to anyone else. I respect your privacy and your inbox, so I won't be betraying any of that. Sign up for the newsletter, and you will be entered in the contest for the Tron Legacy poster giveaway. This movie looks awesome. I've seen a preview of 20 minutes of it. It's incredible, and the poster is really cool, too. So sign up for the newsletter, and you will be automatically entered for the poster. You can sign up at theaudacitypodcast.com, either at the bottom of the website or the right section of the website. Look for the email icon at this right side or just the little fields at the bottom of the site. And this is limited to just people in the 48 contiguous United States. The drawing closes on Thanksgiving night. So get yourself signed up before then and you will be in the contest. And I'll announce those upcoming and i'm probably going to give away one for each podcast that i have so there will be a few posters there if i get a whole lot more subscribers then i'll give away more posters so subscribing does not mean someone else's chances of getting a poster go down (laughs) not necessarily all right i have gone on long enough sharing things that i'm grateful for and no doubt you have many things that you are grateful for or want to share feedback or have questions about these things. You can send your questions, comments, feedback to feedback at noodle.mx. Call in to 859-353-4332 or leave a comment on the show note at show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash 22. And again, all of the links for everything I mentioned here will be at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 22. And please do go there before you check out these other sites because you might hit some of my affiliates. And I would really appreciate that if you do. It's a way to support the show and get the stuff you normally would. So follow me on Twitter also at twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And I will also let you know of updates to the network and everything. Now that I've given you the guts and taught you some of the tools to podcast, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And I hope that you have a very happy Thanksgiving if you're in the United States. If you're somewhere else, then please be thankful. And I hope that you have a wonderful time. Thanks for listening.